This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's get to the Michigan panic meter. Again, for those new to the bit, new to the show, uh, we gauge our panic for the Michigan game on the gray to scarlet scale of the Michigan panic meter. Gray is the least level of panic. Scarlet is the most. And then you've got light gray, white, and light scarlet in the middle. I have been and at light scarlet. I will say we have imaging coming very soon. So oh. Nick won't have... Nick won't have to describe it every single time. We'll actually be able to show you where we're at in the Michigan panic meter, which I'm very much looking forward to. So just to get here, I, I'm going to stay at light scarlet. I think, <laughs> I think everything that I, there's nothing that's changed in the last couple of days. I, I think we should always live from white to scarlet. And I think Michigan should do the same thing from white to maize. You don't, or blue you don't think we're making a trip to the gray here is what you're saying. There'll be, and no, that, unless I, we, I and think, well, if they beat Michigan, then I guess we go all the way to the, to the gray. <laughs> I think we, yeah, no, we go to the gray until next season starts and then we got to start the panic all over again. So that's where I'm at. What about you, buddy? Uh, I was in white as of the Rutgers game. I sort of dropped it back a little bit, but I'm going to be honest, like, especially with the conversation we just had about the whole scandal and the sign stealing and all this bullshit. Uh, I think I'm going back into just the very end of the the light scarlet because, like I said, I don't I don't think any of this helps Ohio State whatsoever. Like they might think it does if Jim Harbaugh is suspended and all these different things. I think it's just serving as that external motivation. We know covering sports the way we do, Nick, that these athletes, these coaches, they look for anything they can get their hands on to motivate themselves, and I think this is going to be it. So I'm I'm slightly going up from white into just the the light scarlet there a little bit. I like that you are so you are much more prone to panic than I am. Let's get to fourth and short. Or sorry, the fourth and short segment, which we start on first and short. Um, and here is my question: Which conference most deserves a second playoff team through this mm. far in the season? I love this question. It's a really good one. Um, and I think there's a couple of different answers because, like, you might look at the SEC and say, "Oh, well, if Bama runs the table and they meet Georgia in a." In the SEC championship game, then it's probably, you know, Georgia and Bama, the SEC, they're always the best conference. And that's a fair, that's a fair statement. But I actually think just based on how things have played out this year, Nick, I think that your answer right now has to be the Pac-12. Um, because you have Washington there, you have Oregon there. Um, now there's a obviously the Big Ten is a, is a, is has two teams that are actually in the top four most likely to make it right now. And that could be very true, but I do think like the winner of the Michigan Ohio State game we know could decide the fate of whether or not the Big Ten gets one or the Big Ten gets two. Um, and I th- the same could be said, I guess, for the Pac-12 in that if Oregon loses to Washington again, 
then you have two losses to Washington. Washington's only going to get in over over Oregon. But if that somehow flips and Oregon meets them in their in their championship game and beats Washington, then I think you have a valid case to put both those teams in. I really do. I think this is really ironic that this is the year we could use 12 teams. But um, I think the Pac-12 is underrepresented to this point in this conversation. I think, one, I actually still think USC is a top 25 team. I just think they fired their coach too late, their defensive coordinator too late. Um, You look at Utah, you look at Oregon, you look at Washington. I think this is the deepest Pac-12 team I can remember in recent history. Um, And it's fitting that this is the last hurrah. The Pac-12 is stacked this year. What'd you say? Going out with a bang. No, going out with a bang. Um, Actually, though, I switched my answer from when you and I talked. I think it's a Big Ten. Right now, I think Ohio State and Michigan are far more – if I'm just talking to this point in the season, both teams undefeated, and the way that they've played has consistently been of a top-five team in in college football. Really, really quickly, though, because we know Ohio State got the top spot because of resume. And you can make the case that they didn't use that argument for some of these other teams below Ohio State. Um, But if that's the case, like you're sitting here talking about how great the Pac-12 is – don't those teams both have better resumes then than what Michigan has right now, technically, based on who they've beaten? Um, Washington does. Oregon, Oregon's right there. I would I would put right now a one-loss Oregon team right there with Michigan. With the, the edge that I'm giving Michigan is about dominance and is about the fact they're still undefeated, which probably makes me a basic bitch saying <laughs> – <laughs> that the undefeated matters if you really haven't played anybody. So I will throw I, – I'm committing seppuku right here in front of you. Um, we get to the second of second and short here. Uh, would the Big Ten Conference really suspend Jim Harbaugh for the Ohio State-Michigan game? I mean, at this point, Tony Petiti could do anything. I don't know. He he could he you could do pull, everything. You could do nothing. He's gonna he's gonna pull the answer out of his ass. I think so. I have no idea. Um, is that where it is? <laughs> maybe. Who knows? It seems Max, like he I found kinda... the answer. He was in my rectum. <laughs> <laughs> seems like he's just doing this all on the fly here. So I'm gonna I, I'm gonna lean no. Like I just think this would handicap the Big Ten way too much. For like I, I think when cooler heads prevail, I think they'll do the smart thing. Do this, and just realize like. Okay, we're gonna let this play out, and nothing's gonna happen this year. And everybody goes into that game. It's it's Ryan Day on the sideline. It's it's Jim Harbaugh on the sideline. We get the matchup that everybody should want because you want to beat the best to be the best. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm gonna say that, but I but I could be completely wrong here. If I had to put money on it, I wouldn't do it, and I wouldn't tell you to do it either. If you were basing your answer off of me, I think he could, but I think it would be the equivalent of Kevin Warren. Uh, one year into his job as, as Big Ten commissioner, um, trying to cancel the football season in the Big Ten. And and Kevin Warren had a long way to go from that, and it took him a long time to crawl out of that with all the administrators and all the, the head coaches in the conference. Ryan Day and Jim Harbaugh did not like Kevin Warren for a long time after that. So I would look at Tony Petiti and say, like, if you suspend him for this game, you're going, hey, he's going to be offering Ryan Day a job pretty soon. Don't, don't yeah, well, don't we'll see about that. But <laughs> I just think I think this is a pivotal moment for to- Tony Petiti early, and I think the worst thing he could do is cater to a mob. I think yeah. he needs to get instead of listening to thirteen rabble rousers all on one call, he needs to be handling every one of these schools, every one of these coaches and ads individually. If he does this, 
it, it, like it's the kind of thing that could really hamper your ability to be an effective commissioner for several years down the road. I, I think I, I don't I, I think I think people are so thirsty in their bloodlust that they're not realizing what suspending Jim Harbaugh for either Penn State or Michigan, how that would impact how because it's tainting your biggest rivalry. And quite frankly, it could taint like if, if Ohio State were to beat Michigan without Jim Harbaugh and now all of a sudden you're sending Ohio State to Indianapolis and then all of a sudden we're going to assume that that sends them to the playoff. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're gonna say even even the um, even some Ohio State fans like myself are gonna be saying you needlessly yeah. put yourself in that uh, situation. Now we go to third and short. Uh, Caleb Williams after the Utah loss climbed climbed up into the stands and uh, and was uh, cuddling with his mother and crying. So this has been a popular take. I'll ask you: Does Caleb Williams is Caleb Williams soft? for crying in the stands after no, the loss to Utah. Absolutely not. I'm glad this was on here because we need to set the record straight on this. Like, guys, if we are going to ask for sports to allow athletes to be emotional when they make a big play, and, you know, we have this conversation in baseball all the time, let the let the kids play and let them have fun, let them bat flip and all these different things. If we want that sort of emotion, why shouldn't we want the same sort of emotion when it's like a, hey, I lost a tough game and I'm feeling it and this season hasn't gone the way I planned and I put my heart and soul into this thing, and now it, it hasn't worked out for me, and I'm I'm sad about it. Like, I don't understand how we can jump to – like, I, I guess I do understand because I know where this comes from. It comes from a place of this, like, toxic masculinity that we always talk about. But, like, guys, it's 2023. We should all be in kumbaya with our emotions at this point. Understand, it's okay. It is okay for a grown man to cry. It is okay for a football player to cry. We see football players like crying during the national anthem and we're like, oh yeah, that guy loves his country. Let the tears out, my man. But then he cries because he lost and it's like, oh no, you you can't show emotion in that instance. Like, no, 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 no. What are you doing? You got to just act tough and act like it doesn't matter to you. Like, dude, come on. They put their heart and soul into this thing. It's an emotional sport. It's an emotional game. They spend the, Caleb Williams has spent probably most of his childhood and young adult and teenage years trying to be good at football and build towards going to the NFL. And he thought his last season potentially, because there's all the rumors he could stay. He thought his last season at USC was going to go differently. It hasn't like, let the man show whatever emotion he wants to show. Come on. I mean, there is a song called pimps don't cry. Um, and I just, you know, I just want that for the record. Um, <laughs> on one hand, like you can't wear F Utah nails. And then a year later, like I understand some fans who look at some of the antics of Caleb Williams and say, well, it's the same kid that had F Utah on his nails uh, while, while just dicing him up last year. On the other hand, I actually am in complete agreement with you. Like everything else about this kid has scared the crap out of me. Um, you know, his dad saying he'd go back to college, which is nonsensical and quite frankly, stupid. Um you know, some of the other stuff and some of his attitudes and how he deals with his teammates and actually how he deals with adversity. But like, dude was upset that he, <laughs> that he understood what that loss meant. Like, I, I thought that was the most human thing I've seen from Caleb. And I, I hope I see more of it because I think that's the real Caleb Williams. I think all the pomp and circumstance and the horse yeah. crap yeah. that I'm not interested in that. Like, I think a dude going over the sidelines and just finally letting go of like, damn it, I feel like I let myself down, the team down, we let us down, we failed, whatever. Like, 
I, that's human, man. That's real. And yeah. that we need more of that from Caleb instead of people speaking his behalf or stupid ideas around him. Being human is a good way to put it. I just want to throw in too. Caleb Williams and USC haven't been the same since he made an appearance in the uh, Fansville commercial where he was like walking around with a black cat and all yep. and walking under the ladders and all that. Just saying, I don't know if that's the reason uh, that it hasn't worked out for USC, but it could be. Did Dr. Pepper ruin Caleb Williams? All right, final <laughs> one here on fourth and short. Spencer, where should Ohio State be ranked tonight? Mm, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to say they should still be one. I don't think they, as much as the Rutgers lost in some people's eyes. Did you should say loss? It was a win. Or, sorry. <laughs> you bastard. As much as the Rutgers win, uh, probably in some people's eyes, isn't impressive. I think that team was better than what people are giving them credit for. In the same vein, though, and I told you this on Saturday night, I think my biggest worry is what the teams that Ohio State has beaten did last week because Notre Dame lost to Clemson, and Clemson's not very good this year. Is that now a bad Is that now a bad win for Ohio State? And you saw Georgia obviously take care of business against Missouri. So I wouldn't be shocked if Georgia jumps them this week, but I think that they'll leave Ohio State where they are because the resume still speaks for itself. Yeah, I think they should still be number one. One, Georgia beat Missouri. Do it again because Ohio State has two of those wins. <laughs> yeah. um, and then two with Michigan, like, woo, man, you really kicked the ass of Purdue. Hey, what a win. Ohio State beat Purdue by more, just saying. Just I saying. think that well okay, but Michigan beat Rutgers by more, but that's neither <laughs> here nor there. So I I think this conversation should wait one more week. Georgia plays another uh, ranked opponent this weekend. Michigan plays Penn State this weekend. I think it could absolutely change. Like I I think this 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 Michigan State game, you better drop sixty on them. You better just kick yeah. the living crap out of them because if you play another game similar to to Rutgers where. Yeah, you cover, but it's still a closer game or it doesn't pass the smell test. I think Georgia and Michigan will leap froggy next week. But this week, yeah, I think they're I still agree. one. I and I agree. and I think I think if 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 they're moved out of one, I think it might be to placate the masses, which to me just annoys me. And I think the I think the selection committee has done that 